Today on Awaken to Grace, we're in part two of a sermon entitled, Test Equals Testimony. You gotta go through tests if God's gonna give you a testimony. And today, we're talking about what are the purposes of God's testings. Why does he test our faith, as James chapter 1 teaches? So, friends, if you're going through a struggle today, if you know someone who's going through a great difficulty, then share today's teaching with them because it's filled with the hope of God's Word. You know, tests are not haphazard or coincidental. They come with great purpose. And James chapter 1 spells it all out for us, and it tells us what our reaction ought to be to the test of life. Well, let's get to God's Word today, James chapter 1, on this edition of Awakened to Grace. Peace is not the absence of troubles. Peace is the presence of God in the midst of troubles. So it is with joy. You don't have joy when you have a happy life. You don't have joy when you have joyful circumstances. No, you have joy in the midst of all circumstances. That's what you calculate. That's what you count. That's what you evaluate. That's how you mark it as joy. Now, the next thing he says is, my brothers, I appreciate this little phrase right here. Count it all joy, my brothers. Why does he say this? Because a lost person can't do this. You realize that? I cannot say to someone who is not right with God. I cannot say to them, well, don't worry. God's going to work everything together for your good. See, the Bible doesn't say that to lost people. You know, the Bible's written to believers. And lost men and women cannot claim the promises of the Bible for their life. I can't say to someone who's not living right for God, eh, all things will work together. It's not what the Bible says. It says he'll work all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you love me, then keep my commandments. I can't say to somebody, count it all joy when you face various trials. Not if they're not living right. This is for believers. The carnal mind cannot accept the things of God. Are you born again today? Have you fully repented of your sins? Are you blood washed today? Have you been bought by the blood of the Lamb? Are you a doulos? Are you a slave to God and the Lord Jesus Christ today. That's who can count it as all joy, my brothers. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Oh, I like this word meet. Some translations say encounter. Now, what does this mean? Take notes if you're going to, if you want to write this down. <clears throat> the word encounter or the word meet, actually means a scheduled appointment. It means a calendar, a scheduled date. <laughs> oh, I love this. Why do I love this so much? Listen, my friends. 
The trials that you and I face in life are scheduled appointments by God. And do you know what that tells me? If they are scheduled appointments, it tells me that God is not haphazard with my life. Things don't come into my life and God go, oh, oh no. What are we going to do? I don't know. How do you think he'll respond? What do you think she'll do now? Let me tell you, there's a horrible doctrine called open theism. It's erroneous. It's a terrible doctrine. And what open theism suggests is that God himself does not know the future because it's dependent upon how you respond. And basically it means God's on the edge of his seat going, what will she do? What will he do? No. God declares the end from the beginning. God is in control of absolutely all things. God's not wondering, second guessing. He knows the outcome. Oh, let me tell you, my friends. This tells me, for God to say, Chad, the trials of your life are scheduled calendar appointments tells me that God is not coincidental. It tells me that God is not foolish. It tells me that God is not careless. It tells me that God is not haphazard. No, God is working a brilliant plan. And you know what else it tells me? It tells me that if it is a scheduled appointment, it tells me that there is a scheduled beginning and there is a scheduled ending. Let me tell you, child of God, whatever you're facing today, there was a beginning, and I'll tell you now, there's an ending to it. So you hold on, amen? There was a start time, and hallelujah, there's an end date too, amen? You can trust God. Why? Because everything you face is scheduled by Him. Glory to God. And you know what that means? That means that if God has so scheduled it up, then guess what else is scheduled? All the grace you'll need. All the strength you need. All the answers that you need. Do you know why? Because Romans 8 Verses 30 to 37, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. Paul doesn't say that you're going to survive barely, that you're going to hold on. You ever met people in life when you ask how they're doing? Well, I'm barely hanging in there. It's not what the Bible says. If you're barely holding on, then you're not doing it God's way. Well... I guess I'm making it. I knew a brother years ago. Every time I asked him how you doing, he'd go, fair and middling. <laughs> Friends, if you're just barely holding on, you're not doing it God's way. Because what does the Bible say we are? In the Greek, more than conquerors literally means homla, Nike. Do you know that the word Nike is in the Bible? Homla. Nike, you're more 
than an overcomer, more than a conqueror, amen? When people ask me, Chad, how are you handling your blindness so well? Chad, how are you going through all this? No, let me tell you why. It's because I'm more than an overcomer through Christ, amen? More than an overcomer. I'm not barely making it. I'm not barely surviving. I'm not holding on for dear life. I am moving forward in the joy of the Lord. And you know what that produces in me? The strength of God, which in turn creates steadfastness. And that's why no matter what Satan tries, he can't get me to budge. Because what is? Because I know that the testing of my faith produces steadfastness. You getting anything out of this today? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet. That is a scheduled appointment. If there's a scheduled beginning, there's a scheduled ending. That's why you don't quit. That's why you don't give up. That's why you don't walk away. That's why you don't throw in the towel. You don't live defeated. You endure because there's a scheduled end. When you, when you encounter or when you meet trials, <laughs> see, that's the testing. Testing, what, what is the testing of our faith? It's trials. Now, there's a difference between temptation and trials. The Bible says in James 1, God does not tempt with sin, nor can he. What is a temptation? A temptation are things that they originate within us to cause us to fall and to cause us to stumble. They originate within us to try to trip us. They're from Satan. They see, trials are from God. Trials are those outside circumstances that originate on the outside, not to cause us to stumble, but to cause us to grow. Temptations try to make you fall. Trials help you stand. See the difference? Trials are sent by God. Why? For the testing of your faith. Now, not just trials, note what James says. Trials of various kinds. <laughs> See, right now, represented in this auditorium are many, many, many different kinds of trials. Some are relational, some are family, some are physical, their health, some are mental. And emotional. Some are anxieties and depressions. Friends, here's what you and I have to understand. Actually, let me let me fine-tune what I just said. Trials are the circumstances of life. It is our response that matters. And so often our response are things like depressions and anxieties. Let me clarify. Those are not sent by the Lord. You understand? Those are to be rebuked. Those are to be, the doors to be shut on those things. Why? Because that's the wrong response. If you suffer from depression today, if you suffer from anxieties today, listen, it may be the trials of life 
that have you going through something. But no, listen, what the Bible is written for is that you and I would give the right response. And what's the right response? You calculate it. You mark it as joy. And then what happens? The joy of the Lord replaces those wrong response, whether that's anger, whether that's disappointment with God, whether that's feelings of being overwhelmed, whether that's loneliness, whether that's confusion and doubt and anxiety. No matter what these responses are, the word of God is written so that we would learn how to replace those sinful responses with a godly response. And what is the godly response? No, trials don't come to trip me. Trials come to help me. And how do they help me? The testing of my faith. And what does it produce? Steadfastness. And what is the testing of my faith? It is the trials of life. It's these outside circumstances that I don't have any control over. So what is my control? I submit under the hand of God, James 4, 6, and I resist the devil and he'll flee from me. Does that make sense today? The trials are various. You may be facing a financial trial today. You may be facing a physical trial. You may be facing a marital trial. You may be facing a parenting trial. You may be facing emotional trial. Whatever the trial is, listen, they're going to come in many different various kinds. So what do you do with that? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, it says, In so much we rejoice... What do we rejoice in? The trial itself? No, the fact that God's above the trial. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Thanks be to God our Father, who has caused us to be born again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has given us an inheritance, incorruptible, unfading. Our inheritance is eternal. We look to those things. See, here's what this scripture, these scriptures, here's what it does. They allow us to look beyond the trial, to look beyond the circumstance, to look beyond what's happening in the moment, and to look ahead at what God has truly done in our life. Let me ask you a question today. If God can so forgive all of your sins, how in the world can He not help you through your present circumstance? If God can give you an inheritance that is eternal and so secure that it's incorruptible and never fades away, then how can you not trust God through your present circumstance? You see what an eternal perspective does? If I can trust God for all eternity, how can I not trust God for these short days, weeks, and months? Come on now. That's why Paul said we look to not what is transient, but what is too eternal. That's why Paul said these Light and these momentary afflictions cannot compare to the weight of glory that awaits us. In other words, if we can trust God with eternity, we can trust God with the here and now. So we rejoice that though we're grieved, if necessary, for a little while, we are grieved, what does the Bible say, verse 6, with various trials. See, Peter echoes what James says here, various trials. Don't be surprised when trials come into your life in various different forms. Now, what does he say? 
Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Verse three, for you know. <laughs> Let's just stop right there. You ought to circle the word no. See, here's my goal for today's sermon. Do you think God's going to take care of you? Do you hope God's taking care of you? Or do you know it? See, Scripture implies here a confidence. It implies a confidence that we truly are more than overcomers. And if we're more than conquerors, then we can trust the Lord Jesus Christ like never before. Do you trust God right now in what you're facing? Do you trust God for the outcome? Do you trust God to keep you, to preserve you, to guard you? What, what do we just quote? 1 Peter 1, 5. Who are being kept, who are being guarded by the power of God. Do you trust that God is helping you right now? That you may know confidence that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Now, what does steadfastness mean? This is literally what it means. It means to remain under. To remain under. The word picture is someone underneath a heavy weight holding it up for a period of time. I love that definition. You know, if going into this next year, if my goal were to strengthen my biceps. If my goal were to shape my arms and form my biceps, then what would I do? I'd put weights to them, right? I would add resistance to it. And as I added resistance to these muscles, what would happen? They'd grow. They would shape they would look very different than they look now. <laughs> you know, the same is true for your faith. When resistance is brought to your life, when weight is brought into your life, you know what it does? It takes that measure of faith the Lord has given you and it increases it. It grows it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what does the word of God say? The testing of our faith, which is what? The trials of life. And what kind of trials? Various kinds of trials. Produces steadfastness. Patience. It strengthens you. Now, the Bible, I, I appreciate this. You know, if you go to Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit produces nine precious fruits in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, um, meekness, long-suffering, gentleness, self-control. Produces these wonderful things. But why do I need it to produce steadfastness? See, I appreciate this word. Why do I need that? Because what good is love and joy going to do me if I quit on the Lord? What good is gentleness and self-control if I quit? If I throw in the towel? If I lay down and give up? No. Steadfastness. Scripture says, beware lest you fall 
into some great sin? No. Beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness. And see, my precious friends, that's why Satan will try to tell you, walk away from the church. Quit attending solid. You don't need it. God's not answering your prayers anyway. It's not doing you any good. Walk away from your ministry. Stop serving. Stop giving of yourself. Stop giving so much time. No, my friend. Beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness. And see, Satan will tell you what's not doing you any good. No. You know what? I could, I could go to the gym for a while and not physically see results for a while, right? And you know what? The same is true. I could go to Seaver's Donuts right here. Don't you love to walk out in the parking lot and smell those fresh donuts? I could go eat a cream-filled donut once a day, every day. And would you see the results a week or so later? No. But later, later, I would feel the effects of them, right? Whereas I can shape up and say no to a cream-filled donut every single day and take in something good and healthy. And am I going to see the results immediately? No. But after a while, will I begin to feel its effects? And so it is with you spiritually. You may serve You may give of your time and money. You may attend solid. You may get in the word and grow and and begin to return. And listen, you may not feel all of the effects immediately. But you give it time, you will. And just like if you quit, you'll feel it too. The negative. You see what I'm saying? Don't gauge right here and now. No, look ahead. All right. Now, what's he say? For we know, that's the confidence, that the testing of our faith, that's 1 Peter 1.6. How does God test our faith? By fire. The, genu- the genuineness of our test, though it's tried like gold, by fire will come out pure as gold. That's 1 Peter 4, 12, 13. Peter said, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery Test of your faith. Don't think some strange thing is going on. No, friends, this is what God does. Why? Because he's creating something in us. He's producing something in us. And see, here's what I love. I I want those non-fruits of the Spirit, but guess what I need in addition to those non-fruits? I need steadfastness. And see, as I choose joy, God's producing As I choose joy, God's producing. (laughs) And then lastly, what does he say? And let steadfastness have its full effect. Let steadfastness have its full effect. See, that's why you can't quit right now. Because God's not done with you. That's why you can't give up right now because God's not through with you. Let it have its full effect. 
So I go back to verse 2. I calculate what does the full effect of steadfastness in me, what's that look like? Oh, so God wants me to walk through this fiery trial. God wants me to go through this state of unpleasantness. God wants me to be in this state of difficulty. God wants me to be in this place of trial. Why? Because he's mad at me? No, because God wants a full effect to be working in my life. God wants to produce in me what nothing of my own doing can produce in me. And that's steadfastness. Do you use a streaming device at home or at work? Simply say, hey Google, play Awaken to Grace with Chad Roberts podcast and listen to our weekly podcast that is the current sermon that I preach each week at Preaching Christ Church.